Happy New Year, guys. Uh, I'm Steve Rossi. I'm the lead pastor here at the Gospel Tab. And feels a little weird saying that for you who are visitors. This is my first official day as lead pastor here. So, <laughs> um, And so I certainly didn't do that to elicit a, a hand clap, but I appreciate the encouragement and I'm blessed by it. Um, and uh, so I do believe that God is saying that he is creating new things right now. And I know that sounds super cliche on a day like today, but uh, we were in prayer a couple weeks ago and someone had a vision of um, this God shaping, making something new out of the clay and the topsoil at a riverbed. And at the same time, someone else had the word bara in their mind's eye. Bara, B-A-R-A, it's a Hebrew word for to create from Genesis 1-1 and in several other places in the Old Testament. So I think God is speaking to us that he is doing a new thing. I think God, and there's one sense in which God's always doing a new thing, right? He's working and he's restoring all things through his finished work at the cross. Amen. And so, yeah, so we're starting our fasting sermon series. I do really encourage you to look at that fasting guide. It helps and uh, it's very practical. Um, and it also tells you the purposes of fasting, options for fasting, like Jake said. So just really encourage that. Um, and I wanted to remind us too, is, but right before I get into the sermon here, that um, to be asking God, Lord, do you want me to, um, to connect, to give leadership to the kids' ministry on Sunday nights? Rather than saying, looking at, am I passionate about this? Do I have gifts related to this? Um, asking God what he wants you to do. And I'm doing the same thing, um, by the way. And so um, just wondering what God's up to in forming a team there. And I'm excited about that. Uh, so as we enter into this fasting sermon series, uh, number one, I just wanted to tell you where we're going for the month. So first, uh, this week, I'm doing an overview of fasting with you. It's going to be partly a practical teaching. What is fasting? Some things from the fasting guide, the purposes of fasting from scripture, spiritually, uh, what fasting does for us internally, what fasting does for us for breakthrough. Um, and then in the next few weeks, we're going to look at fasting and repentance fasting in power ministry, and lastly, fasting and mission. And so that's where we're going um, with this series. And so, um, but today, yeah, I want to look at uh, what is fasting and the purposes of fasting. But then the second part, I want to look at the arrow that we're in, the context that we find ourselves in, in these last days, and what that means for fasting. And uh, why fasting is a, more of a spiritual discipline than it is a one-time thing that we do or optional. And so I want to look at that with you as well. So, but first uh, let's, uh, let's clear misconceptions about fasting. Um, like so many other things in our Christian faith, we can misapply, um, spiritual disciplines like fasting. For instance, we can view fasting as a way, a means to get something from God and, um, to manipulate him, to force his hand, to try to do something for us that we want. But God is not in the business of giving us anything that will undermine his purpose for our lives. And so, um, and he also knows the motivations of our heart. 
And so God is not in the business of feeding something that will enable us to remain in dysfunction. <laughs> and secondly, and really the, another main point to that is that we can't do anything to earn something from God, right? There's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. It would be like at Christmas time, right? Someone trying to give you a gift and you trying to pay for it. It would just be weird, right? It doesn't make sense. It wouldn't work. It's not, it's not how it works. God, so it's not, we, we don't fast to try to get something from God. We also don't fast to try to earn favor from God that he's already given us. He's evidenced that to us time and time again. And at the cross of Jesus Christ, most of all, right? We see he gave his very life to us as a ransom for us and to evidence his love for us. And so we don't do anything to earn his love. And so if you look on the screen, I want to give us a working definition here from our fasting guide. Fasting is abstaining from food or an activity for the purpose of seeking the Lord with more focus. And I want to walk through some purposes as to why we fast. Number one, we fast to cultivate gratitude. Jake and John led us in worship this morning and talked about the importance of thanksgiving. And, um, you know, if you're fasting from food, for instance, you become a lot more grateful for food when you don't have it or, you know, when you've chosen to abstain from it. And you might take it for granted when you're uh, eating normally, right? Um, And so that's just a simple example. But more than that, when we abstain from anything that we're giving to the Lord and saying, I want to grow in grace. I want to receive what he has for me in this season. And I'm making room for that. That when we do that, we experience um, gratitude. We cultivate gratitude for all the things that he's given us, not just food that we used to be able to eat, but also our salvation our families, our, you know, just the things that God has given us in our life, his promises to us. We cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. Secondly, renewal. We renew a passion for the presence of the Lord igniting personal and corporate worship. Uh, years ago, I think it was the first time we did this corporate fast. I, um, I was worshiping the Lord uh, by myself. And I just felt like almost like carried and replaced by the Lord is the only way I could describe it. Um, where I was just sustained by his grace in worship to the phrase to you who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and glory and honor and dominion. And I just got louder in that and, and loud doesn't make you more spiritual, but I just felt like, (laughs) but God was just praising. It was almost like it was by the Holy Spirit. And, and, uh, anyway, so as that was happening, um, uh, that was on a Friday, that Sunday we broke the fast. And after our upper room, uh, worship time together, where we broke our fast, uh, this woman came up to me. I'd met her a couple times. Um, and, uh, but didn't know her well, but she said, Hey, I had a vision of you two days ago and you were in the throne room of God worshiping him. I said, what time did you have that vision? 
<laughs> she said, I don't know. But <laughs> I'm convinced that, uh, that that was of what was happening in my life in real time. And I just want to say that the prophetic gets stirred up around fasting. Notice this woman had a vision of me. It wasn't my vision. I didn't have a vision when I was worshiping, um, but someone else did. And what did it do? It inbirthed faith in my spirit, right? It was like, wow, that's God, right? <laughs> like God did that. God, God was leading me in worship that day. And God showed this woman uh, my doing that. So I shared with her to give her, you know, to encourage her and her faith that, hey, this is what happened to me uh, as you saw me. And uh, interestingly, Moses and Elijah and Jesus all fasted 40 days after they encountered the Lord. Remember when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and the Father affirmed him as his son? And then Jesus is driven by the Spirit of God into the wilderness for 40. He had grace to fast. He had emptied himself and God filled him with grace. Same with Moses and Elijah. And so, um, and so renewal or a passion for the presence of God can be birthed by fasting or can lead to fasting. Um, and so that leads to my next point. Worship is another reason or purpose for fasting, um, that we express our hunger to God. I have a friend who says, when you hunger for God more than anything else, you should fast. I would add to that, that also when you don't have hunger for God, a good thing to do is to fast, to cultivate hunger. You're not earning hunger from God, but the result of making space for him room for him is to be filled with good things. He promises those who hunger for me will be filled with good things. Do you know you can ask for hunger? You can cultivate hunger by fasting. I don't just mean physically, spiritually too. And the physical is a sign of that. This is why this is a, this is a picture uh, that God gives us in the physical for spiritual realities. And so it grows our desire for him and our worship of him and just like we sang this morning, right? Jesus is worthy of our worship, and we want to see him more rightly that we would worship him more rightly, right? We want to see him for who he is, that we would worship him better because he's worthy of that. And so we position ourselves. The next one is positioning to welcome Jesus' lordship in our lives for life transformation and to hear his voice. Today, the Anglican church um, and all, you know, on the church calendar uh, today, they're studying the passage of Annas, uh, um, Anna rather, and Simeon uh, in the temple when the baby Jesus is brought to be dedicated um, on the eighth day from his birth. Consider Anna from that story. Anna, for 60 some years, we think, she f uh, prayed never left the temple, and regularly fasted. I don't think she fasted from food for 60 straight years, but, <laughs> but it says prayers and fastings were regular as she stayed in the temple. And look at how attuned she was with the Holy Spirit, that she saw the baby Jesus for who he was and bore witness to his name. She knew that when that baby came in, that he was Jesus, that he was the Messiah, that's amazing to me. 
The scriptures don't say whether she, the Lord showed this baby to her and said, when you see this baby, this, then you'll know that's the Messiah or, or that's the Messiah. The Lord might have spoken to her inner heart in that moment. We don't know how he showed her, but she knew. <laughs> she was attuned to the things of the Spirit of God. So I just want to encourage us that as we position ourselves in fasting and in prayer with intentionality, that we position ourselves to become more spiritually perceptive. And when we're more spiritually perceptive, guys, another way to say that is we're more in touch with reality. <laughs> because that's what's really going on. <laughs> you know, anyway, whether you're aware of it or not. And so it's good to position ourselves in humility and to hear the voice of the Lord better. Next is repentance. We become more attuned to him and turn to him, receiving his kindness that leads to repentance. I believe we practiced that this morning. I just felt like God was coming in with his kindness to where the things that we've held on to is just like, almost like, why was I doing that? His ways and his person are so much better kind of thing. Just this gentle turning, you know, nothing harsh, um, nothing hard about it, but just that his ways are better. So, hey, even if we fail in the middle of our fast, we we decide to eat again, or we pick back up the phone when we had said, we're going to stop looking at social media for a month or whatever, we can gently turn and repent and pick back up with God where we left off. We can just start to do it again. You don't have to feel like, oh, I failed. You know, I stink at this and I'm, I can't go back to it or no, because God doesn't view it that way. Repentance isn't that way, right? <laughs> God's the God of second, third and fourth chances. And so, um, it's an opportunity to also pay attention. Why did I quit? Why did I quit? What's going on in my heart? Jake and I visited a ministry a couple months ago. They, they talk about when, when you have a wonky heart, <laughs> I like that word. I've felt that before. It's like, oh, something's off here. Why did I respond that way, right? Um, I have a wonky heart right now. <laughs> so just to, just to um, examine before the Lord, why was that? And then get back in the game. You know, a couple years ago, um, I got like, um, I had to stop my fast because I felt really sick uh, for a couple days. I think I got like a, a, a bug. But anyway... Um, after that, I picked it back up, and a week later, um, I was I was about to preach, and I just felt like, oh my gosh, I feel like um, I'm going to be sick like I was a week ago, and I quit my fast. I was just like, I don't want to go through that again, <laughs> and so I quit the fast. I had shared this with the church at the time, um, shortly after as, as this testimony, but, um, and uh I, a couple days later, went to a friend's gym and in the office, uh, we were in his office and he said, Hey, he said, I had a dream about you. And he said, and in the dream, you quit your fast. And he said, and the, I said to you, he said, we were in this doorway of this office. And he said, and I said to you, the Lord uh, says that he's accomplished everything he wanted to do through your fast. So again, the prophetic was stirred up in somebody else (laughs) in a dream this time surrounding the fast. And I got direction from the Lord. He could have said, 
yeah, the Lord says, start to fast again, (laughs) right? He could have said a different message, but the point was the Lord spoke to me. It was this affirming word. It was directional. It was like, oh, I can be done and not feel guilty anymore about it. (laughs) And, you know, I'd asked the Lord for forgiveness of it, but I also wasn't quick to repent that time is my point. And the Lord spoke, though, in the midst of that to me. And uh, so I just want to encourage us regarding repentance um, from that story. Uh, Next is breakthrough. Uh, To seek the Lord together for breakthrough from the enemy of our souls. To overcome besetting sins, break strongholds in the mind and body, and receive restoration. Listen to the reasons for fasting from Isaiah 58, what God calls true fasting to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to help the oppressed go free, to give bread to the hungry, to receive the light of revelation in God's word for emotional and physical health and for righteousness to break forth. It's pretty good, huh? Now, mind you, I'm not talking about fasting as a sales pitch to persuade you to fast. (laughs) I'm just communicating from the word of God, the purposes, the blessings, the benefits of fasting. In coming weeks, we'll look at a passage where Jesus Jesus models and teaches about the relationship of fasting and power in ministry and what it looks like to break the yoke of injustice and bondage. Next is advancement. To see God's kingdom advance locally and globally as we pray together. There are several Old Testament examples of this. Um, My reference for this is, uh, who helped me with this information is Mike Bickle. I really encourage you to look into him. He's a a pastor at a church in Kansas City um, and leads a prayer ministry called IHOP KC. And um, not the pancakes, it's International House of Prayer. Um, But but in this, he he talks about um, in Hannah's distress, she prayed and fasted when she was barren and without child, and she got pregnant with Samuel. Um, God reverses Israel's desperate situations several times. Um, Joel prophesied to God um, that he would judge Israel using locusts and later for a Babylonian invasion, and he implored them to fast and to pray. Um, Jonah goes to Nineveh, right? And he says that God's judgment is coming upon them unless they repent. And what do they do? But they fast and they, uh, and they cover themselves in dust and ashes and the Lord relents. Esther calls for a fast for the nation Israel and the Lord preserves Israel after a three day fast. So we see from scripture Um, more ways in which God delivers his people. He delivers Jehoshaphat in a military crisis as well through worship and fasting. Um, Now, as you consider all of those benefits, all of that purpose, it makes sense that God would say, hey, I want you to walk in a lifestyle of this, right? So if you would look with me and even stand with me uh, in honor of God's word, I'm going to ask us to read out loud together these five verses. This is our text this morning. I'm not starting my sermon right now. I've been preaching. Um, (laughs) Just doing it a little differently. Uh, All the folks who grew up in the church are like, 
oh my gosh, we're just getting to the passage. That was 20 minutes already. No. So uh, <laughs> I know because I felt that way when I was writing this. I was like, this is gonna, this is, this would be a trigger for me. Um, <laughs> all right, let's read out loud together. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus. How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while they have him with them? But the time will come when the... Do we have a different... Oh, did I skip? Sorry. I don't know what I skipped. So let's... They cannot. All right. They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. All right, you can be seated. So Jesus is saying essentially, right, that when the bridegroom, and notice we often ask at the gospel tab, who is God in this passage? <laughs> and Jesus reveals himself as the bridegroom, right? And we know uh, that Jesus is ultimately coming back as a bridegroom for his bride. That great day when Jesus returns and it will be sudden, and it will be personal, and it will be visible, and he will come back for his church, his bride. And here he chooses of all his names, Savior, Healer, Deliverer, etc. He chooses Bridegroom. And he says, when the Bridegroom is with you, it's time to celebrate. Jesus is saying here, listen, my greatest desire is to dwell on earth with man forever. And so now I'm here and it's time to celebrate. And Jesus knew that he was leaving per this passage, right? He says, now I'm going to go away. And in that day, on that day, you will fast. What is that day? It's now, right? <laughs> Jesus is gone. It's between his ascension. So he dies on the cross. He resurrects. He ascends into heaven. And he says, on that day, in that era, you will fast. Elsewhere, he says, when you fast, do it in secret, in other words, not if you fast, but when you fast. So Jesus is clear about fasting, right? He says, this is the context, the era in which we fast. Why? Jesus is framing for us why we fast. And it has to do with desire. In a word, it's desire. Jesus wants us to come into alignment with his ache to be with us on earth forever. Brothers and sisters, it is right to ache for Christ to be with him and to know him fully. Oh, for we, we cannot see him, but we love him. <laughs> and he is better and more beautiful than we know. And as we seek his face, like we've been this morning, we come in touch with that love for him, but also love sickness. 
also an ache to be with him and to know him fully. Yes, an ache for everything that's wrong to be made right too, right? We get all of that when we get him. (laughs) And this too is why we live a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of spiritual disciplines, of prayer, studying the word of God, worship, because when we live into that, we get in touch with our love, our greatest desire too. Our greatest desire, brothers and sisters, is Jesus. Those who don't know Jesus, their greatest desire is Jesus too. They just don't know him yet. They just don't know who he is. He's just not revealed himself to them yet. I love to tell people, um, unbelieving friends, just ask God, God of the Bible, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. You reveal yourself. I don't need to sit there and try to persuade them to believe what I want them to believe or what I think is true. God of the Bible, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he will. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But yeah, so we want to get in touch. It's proper to ache to be with Jesus. So that's the context. That's the heart posture in which we fast. That's the why. That's our vision for fasting. It's him. And it is getting in alignment with a proper ache to know him fully, to be with him fully as we will be one day. Bickle says, fasting is primarily centered on desire, both understanding God's desire for us and awakening our desire for him. When we fast, God changes our desires and increases our desire for him. And once we taste the nearness of God's presence, we cannot live without more of him. Jesus established the new covenant by his death and resurrection in which the spirit comes and dwells in every believer. Then fasting took on a whole new dimension because the indwelling spirit reveals the depths of God to his disciples. So we can experience him in a whole new way. And how about that? God didn't just go and leave us alone, right? He said, I will come to you. And he brought us the Holy Spirit to indwell us. Can't you see from the garden before the fall? to now the time between his ascension and second coming when he indwells every believer to when he ultimately returns, that his greatest desire is to dwell with us. (laughs) It's to be with us. So even now, right, between when he came and he'll come again, he dwells in us, his people. And he says, when you fast, fast in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So I want to lastly look at some rewards for fasting. Again, we don't earn anything from God, but he blesses it. (laughs) And so um, this too is from Bickle, uh, who says the six rewards of fasting are God tenderizes our hearts so that we feel his presence more. He changes our desires and enlarges our desire for righteousness. He increases our understanding of the word in receiving prophetic dreams. This is so true. He makes our bodies healthier, and fasting makes our bodies healthier, 
and changes what we desire to eat and drink. Fasting strengthens our sense of identity as sons of God before the Father and as the bride before the Son. Our identity becomes rooted in knowing God's affection for us. Guys, this is so true. If we get more in tune with who God is and what he's saying, if we get more if we're more spiritually perceptive through fasting, then we are going to be more loved than we've ever been because we're going to get in tune with what he's saying. And he is so affectionate toward us. Jesus, remember, our desire initiate it's our, is sourced in him, his desire for us. God's affection toward us is so great. His zeal for his church consumes him. He is passionate for his bride. I, it's, I love how he, he doesn't use the, the language husband and wife bridegroom and bride. There's, it's a different kind of passion, right? <laughs> when we, we get that picture, right? And for the, in the name of love, he leaves for a time. And he is waiting and burning to be with us fully and for us to know him fully as he knows us fully. He is passionately looking and gazing on us. And we know that from his word. And when we get in touch through fasting, like other spiritual disciplines, the word and prayer and community, we experience and receive his love. That's the new wine. And Jesus is interested in us remaining a new wineskin, knowing what time it is. Jake talked about buying oil. You know, it was the next day. So he, sh- he says this passage, the next day, he gives this parable of the ten virgins. I'm not going to go into the parable right now. But the, the point of that story was that we buy oil. In other words, that we receive the Holy Spirit, that we practice seeking God's face and receiving that new wine, receiving that new grace today. The word rejoice in the New Testament means to receive grace continually. Rejoice always, Paul said. Receive grace continually. Receive this new wine. Receive my love for you. And fasting is one of the ways that we do that. Jake, if you can come and play. All right. So, hey, I just want to share a couple really practical applications to close. Um, The first one is just to encourage us to fast together. You don't have to fast this season, um, you know, with us as a family. But I encourage you to participate in it. Um, because again, it's such an opportunity, um, for us to grow together and doing it together too. I love how we hear better together. We experience God together and we have these testimonies. You know, the scriptures say, don't give up meeting together, um, so that you might spur one another on in love and good deeds. This is a concentrated way of doing that. Say, Hey, we're going to live into this together as a family for three weeks. We're going to live into this in a different way, in a stronger way, um, to hear from the Lord. What is God doing? What is God saying? And so I encourage us to do that. And um, secondly, I encourage us to fast regularly as a spiritual discipline, like we practice studying the word of God in prayer. Now you can start that in a very, and I encourage you, in fact, to start that in a super small way. And I love how our sister church, ACAC, talks about this. They, when they talk about giving, they talk about growing in grace. 
Let's grow in grace. And as God grows our capacity and expands our capacity through the grace he's given us, now we have the capacity to give more because God's given everything to us. Well, so it is with fasting. So it could look, practically speaking, like um, giving up one meal a week to start. Or if it's not food and it's an activity, it can be part of a day uh, whereby you give up social media, um, for example. And then as you do that, you're cultivating this spiritual practice and God is going to grow you in grace to be able to do more, right? And more is not more spiritual. (laughs) It's just as we practice more, we experience more and we can live this lifestyle of grace. That's the point is God wants us to live a lifestyle, a posture, a heart posture toward him to know him more to experience him more. And so it's a way like every other spiritual discipline of doing that. Well, hey, as I close, I believe that the new thing God is doing specifically among us that I referenced in the beginning was, um, is bringing us more fully into our identity as the gospel tabernacle as a church. And more fully, I mean, by that I mean into our namesake. You know, I love the prophetic meaning of our name. I mean, think about our name, gospel tabernacle, (laughs) that the good news, which is the power of God for salvation, which is the power of God for healing, deliverance, protection, freedom, wholeness, that the power of God dwells tabernacles among us. Jesus is the power of God, that God be made manifest among us that his glory dwells here regularly. We experienced something of that this morning as we lifted up his name. Teresa, I loved that passage from John 12, that as we lift him up, people are being drawn to him, people in this room and people around the world. (laughs) It's a form of intercession, just exalting the name of Jesus. Why? Because the power of his name, the power of his name, and just we're just simply acknowledging and agreeing with heaven. God doesn't need us to agree. But oh, how good it is to participate in advancing God's kingdom. <laughs> what a gift. It's the only era in which we can advance the kingdom of God by the Spirit of God. Right? Who indwells us. And so... Secondly, as application, I encourage us to grow in in fasting, to grow in grace for fasting and start small. And as we do, I do believe that not just on Sunday mornings, but that God is going to grow us as a resting place. I believe we are growing in grace, that the Lord is saying this very specifically. We are growing in grace to host his presence, not just on Sunday mornings, but I mean a prayer room. I mean a place that people can come and dwell and encounter the Lord, whether they're part of our church family or not, but a place that hosts his presence. So I'm really encouraged about what God is doing in this upcoming season. And all of it is by grace as he shifts desire in our hearts to rightly worship him and praise him. If the Lord is saying, arise and build me a resting place, may our hearts be, arise, O Lord, and come and dwell here. Amen. And we're growing in grace and capacity for that in part 
through fasting. Amen. Thanks.